On the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two tenths of an epap of your finest flour, baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be burnt, there will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering, and two lambs, each a year old, for a fellowship offering. The priest is to wave the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering, together with the bread of the first fruits. They are sacred offering to the Lord for the priest. On that same day, you are to proclaim a, sac- a sacred assembly and do, not re- do, not, do no regular work. This is to be a last ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. Good, good morning, church. <clears throat> I am wearing this uh, Ghanaian outfit so that I may have uh, permission to dance. So you, you, can't, you can't stop me. I'm, I'm wearing... The dress. It's it's uh, it's absolute pleasure to to be with you this morning to um, talk about Pentecost with 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 gratitude. As you know, um, the day of Pentecost is the day that the Spirit of God came um, upon um, the church. The church, which was hiding somewhere, became public when um, they received the power of the Holy Spirit. How much? We need the Spirit of God today. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, in, 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 in the life of the church, so that we may be able to go out and proclaim uh, the name of Jesus boldly. And I just want us to pray and really to have that posture of prayer, asking God to fill us and renew us again with his power. And as we lift up not only just us, but the churches in London and across, across our nation, um, you know, asking God to fill us again, to refresh us by his spirit, to empower us and heal us by, by, by his spirit. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your, um, you are a, a God who keeps his promise. As Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, you pour out your spirit upon your church. And the church which was hiding came out with power, with conviction, knowing that Jesus Christ who was crucified is alive and is the savior of the world. Father, we pray today that you may refresh us by your spirit. You may fill us again, Lord. You may empower us so that we may boldly Live for your name, declare your name, and, and, and Father, that we may walk in, in the love that you have for the people um, of our city, our nation. We ask you, Father, that you may speak to us this, this morning. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Um, I don't think I'm mistaken to say that the church um, has lost its, its, we lost our credibility to speak in, in our society today. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because of kind of the, the, the last uh, maybe two to three decades, all kinds of abuses have been um, heard, um, you know, exposed uh, that has been going on in the church. And that, that really um, confused the people who regarded the church and gave a high regard um, for the church. And, and also there is confusion. I mean, they don't know um, where we stand. We used to be clear on, on where we stand uh, before, but now um, we might stand on these truths today and, and they see us changing our position the next day. So they're, they're really confused. And they, you know, because of all those things, we have lost our credibility to speak in, in, uh, to um, society. I think we need to pray and, and really win our credibility uh, that, so that we may be heard. And, and I think in the, in, the, in the gratitude initiative, in the, in the initiative that I'm leading, we are convinced that gratitude could be a way in to our uh, community to win back our credibility by, uh, not by uh, engaging with our community to highlight its weaknesses, but actually to start by celebrating the good that we see in our communities. And, and that will give us the platform to, you know, to, give, uh, to give them a, an opportunity to encounter us and also um, uh, you know, to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to them. And um, God also intended the life for, for the life of his people to communicate his active presence in the world and acknowledge his, his goodness, grace, and provision, sometimes through festivals. You see, we see that in, 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 uh, in the Bible, that he wants his, 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 uh, his, uh, the life of his people to declare his goodness, to declare his excellence, you know, uh, what it means to know him, what it means to depend on him, what it means to, be, to encounter him. And uh, to this end, you know, we, he ordered his people to hold celebrations and festivals around his provision and revelation. Um, uh, not as, as an end to themselves, but to help them pause, refocus their attention and renew their faith and hope. He gives them those, those festivals and as they celebrate those festivals, they are reminding themselves of God's provision and of, uh, also God's revelation, who he is. Uh, to them. And these celebrations were inside acknowledgement as well as public declaration. As they were celebrating, people were asking, why are you celebrating? And they were exp explaining why they are doing, they are holding that celebration. So it was inward acknowledgement. It is a time to pause why, and, and acknowledge why they are, and, and remind them, themselves why they are celebrating and holding that festival. At the same time, they, it was an opportunity to speak um, to others and explain why um, they were celebrating. They are reflections of past victories, provisions, and present reminders of uh, God's generosity and future expectations. And those festivals had um, uh, prophetic um, uh, kind of implications. In the Old Testament, we find seven festivals that God gave to his people. And all those seven celebrations have past, present, and future implications, particularly uh, a messianic implications. If you take the first four festivals, for example, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruit, and Pentecost, we see how they point to Jesus. Jesus was crucified on Passover. 
which gave Israel uh, deliverance on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the celebration of Unleavened Bread. He was resurrected on the Feast of uh, the First Fruit. Then, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, the promised new covenant arrived, the Feast of Shavuot, which means weeks in Greek. It's called Pentecost, meaning 50. So, during those 50 days between the resurrection and Shavuot, we know that Jesus has seen, uh, shown himself to his disciples. And then he ascended on, his, on the 14th day. So G Jesus had told them before he ascended to heaven to stay in Jerusalem and wait for, the, for what the Father had promised. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the fourth festival on which we will be um, focusing today is called the Feast of Weeks because God specifically told the sons of Jacob that they were to count seven weeks from first fruit and then the day after this fourth uh, feast was to be observed. So this fourth feast was to occur precisely 50 days after the first fruit. So the primary meaning of the feast was reflected on its Hebrew name uh, Yom Habukaram, or the day of the first fruit. So, uh, you know, there was two kind of, sometimes it's confusing because there was kind of two uh, first fruit celebrations. The first one was uh, the spring uh, uh, barley uh, harvest, and then the second one, which is the, fe uh, the uh, festival of uh, Pentecost, was the summer wheat harvest. So the feast of harvest reflected the fact that this festival was the official beginning of the summer harvest season. It was the beginning of harvest season. So in a day of celebration and thanksgiving for the harvest received, they, 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 that was an occasion for them to celebrate this harvest uh, season and to thank God for the harvest, but, uh, but also to celebrate the beginning of the harvest day. So the harvest has begun. The harvest, has, this is the harvest season. It is, the harvest is ready. To, uh, um, um, so this is why Shavuot is also traditionally called the season of the, you know, in, in the first Pentecost was celebrated at, at Mount Sinai. You know, when, uh, you know, 50 days after the first fruit, after they come out of Egypt, God came down to Moses on, on, on Mount Sinai to bring the law. In the giving of the law, God established the nation of Israel. That's why uh, sometimes Pentecost traditionally called the season of the, the giving of Torah in Hebrew. Because this is uh, literally the day that God revealed himself to the people of Israel as they stood at the base of uh, Mount Sinai. And that's why also it's considered to the day uh, when uh, Judaism was born, as Pentecost was uh, considered to be the day the church was born. So God also told his people that on these feast weeks, they shouldn't do any work. They shouldn't do any other work. It's a, it's a week of celebration. They, he wanted them to take that uh, week off to celebrate uh, the, the, the beginning of the harvest season and also the fact that the harvest has, has begun. And, and, and uh, you know, you should do no labor's work. In Hebrew, uh, the word, it's, it's a very interesting word uh, for convocation is mikra, which can also mean rehearsal. So God gave his appointed times as holy rehearsals for a, a messianic event in the future because 
as they were celebrating, this celebration had prophetic implication. There was, it's, it's, it, is, it is implying or speaking about the, uh, the, the harvest to come. So it's, it's kind of having a rehearsal time uh, for them. In, in, in Acts uh, chapter 2, as you know, uh, the Hebrew people gathered for the festival of Shavuot as they did every year for the, the thousands of years. But by this time, it, wasn't, it was not a rehearsal, but it was the fulfillment of what the festival, the festival pointed to. So the prophecy that they came to rehearse was being fulfilled. This day they were to become the first fruit member of a new church. God's church, the church of Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, 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 there was a new message for the new people. It would be uh, heard in every language and every people. You know, the Spirit of God came and they were speaking in different languages and people were there from all over the world and they were hearing the, the message in their own languages. So that, that which was a rehearsal was uh, 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 got its fulfillment that day. So for Christians, the day of Pentecost celebration was transformed by the coming of the Holy Spirit. It was not about wheat uh, uh, harvest. It's actually a harvest of souls. It is the, the harvest of souls has begun. The Spirit of God, the, the Lord of the harvest has come. So because of the days and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit come to dwell in and among his people to reveal and glorify Christ. And I said Pentecost became the dawn of a new era. The day when the church was born with power to be a witness for the, for the resurrected Christ. So... Previously, the, the people of God were asked to celebrate Pentecost by bringing sacrifices and offerings, uh, provision. Now we offer gratitude and, and, and declare his goodness. We live on, out his generosity and share stories of how his goodness and provision transformed lives and communities. It's an occasion to pray as God to, uh, uh, to God to empower us, to empower his church again. So the festival of Pentecost has at least three messages for us today. So the first message is, it's called us to stop and acknowledge and celebrate the salvation and provision of the Lord, the fruit of the harvest, and the goodness uh, and his goodness for us as believers and for our community. It is a time to pause and to acknowledge that, what kind of salvation that God has provided for us. It is to celebrate his, his salvation, to thank, his, to thank and celebrate for his provision, for all the goodness that we experience in our life. It's a time to celebrate not only just on ourselves, but with others, with our communities. And secondly, it's, a calling, it's calling us to recognize that the harvest has begun and that the Lord of the harvest has come and he's inviting us to participate in this harvest season. You remember in Matthew 9, when Jesus uh, saw the crowds, his answer was to, speak, to, to his disciples to speak to the Lord of the harvest. You know, it, it says that when he saw the crowds, he, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So it's a time to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sent by the Lord of the harvest to preach. He said to them, you know, he said to his disciples, ask the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest has come to, to uh, collect the harvest, to gather the harvest. And he wants us to participate in that gathering. 
And we need to be sent by the Lord of the harvest to preach. That's what Paul said in, in Romans 10. He said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how they shall, shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how they, shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So the day of Pentecost is a day that we hear the voice of the Lord, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the, the Lord of the harvest, to encounter Him, to hear His voice, and, and receive that message, that empowerment, to be sent out to, to gather the harvest. Pentecost is a time to hear the Lord of the harvest, to be sent with power to preach the gospel. Certainly, it is calling us to walk in God's, God's generosity, reaching out to our community, particularly to the needy. Therefore, the day of Pentecost um, was marked with three things. One was joyful gratitude and joyful expectation and joyful generosity. So joyful gratitude. The gratitude at Pentecost is seen in the offerings they were asked to bring. In the, in the passage that we read, there were three uh, uh, offer, kinds of offerings they were asked to do. The first one was they were asked to bring two loaves baked from the first fruit, indicating that the Lord is not, uh, not only their savior from slavery, from bondage in Egypt, but he's also the one who provides and sustains them. He's not just only our savior, but also he is our provider. So the Lord who feeds them, who freed them, is the Lord who feeds them. The Lord who saved them is the Lord who provides for them. They are grateful for His provision, for His goodness. They are celebrating His goodness and provision. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we, when we, uh, in our relationship with the Lord, we only focus on the fact that we are saved by Him. And we try, uh, uh, you know, uh, provide for ourselves. We are, we are sometimes anxious for our provisions. And, and, you know, we, we, um, we are anxious to get somewhere, to achieve something. And then we continue to be anxious to maintain what we have uh, 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 achieved. But, but Pentecost is a reminder that God is our provider. He is also, as He is our Savior, He's also our provider. Our security is in God. We shouldn't be anxious about our life. As said, the day of Pentecost gives us ample opportunity to declare God's goodness and presence not only within the church community, but with, well, you know, with the wider community as well. You know, we are with our neighbors, inviting them and just talking about the good that we are experiencing in our city, in our nation, in their life, about their children, about what's happening in their life, so asking them to tell you the good things that's happening in their life. And then pointing that goodness um, to be the source, God to be the source of that goodness. And, and, and once that is acknowledged, then... Talk, you know, the, the, the question of God becomes inevitable. Once you started to acknowledge the goodness in nature, once you started to, to acknowledge the good around you, then, then the, talking about the source becomes easier, and that will give us a platform to share the gospel with them. So we can help our neighbors and communities to recognize God to be the source of the good things they are enjoying in their life as we help our communities to consider creation and life as a whole as a gift, the question of God becomes inevitable. So celebration is a great tool to draw people to the goodness and good news of God. Secondly, they were asked to present atonement offering to deal with their sin, creating an occasion of gratitude for his forgiveness. 
You know, at Pentecost, we express our gratitude for the, for the forgiveness of our sin and for the Lamb who became a sin offering for us and made us worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. The only reason we are worthy to have the Spirit of God in us is because of the Lamb of God, because of what Christ has done. He made us worthy of His Spirit. We, God is not um, um, asking us to do anything else, to provide anything else, to be anything but actually to believe in Christ. It is, it, is, it is Him who makes us worthy to receive His Spirit. You don't have to wait until you um, rearrange your life or become something. You, you are worthy to receive the Holy Spirit because of Jesus Christ today. So thirdly, they were asked to present a fellowship offering. An offering to thank God for their ongoing shared life with Him. They are not asked to worship God from a distance. God dwells among His people. In fact, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost means that we have uninterrupted fellowship with Him. You know, God dwells within us as John declared in his first letter. We have fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Uninterrupted access to have communion with God. Isn't that wonderful? That is, that is, that is, uh, uh, um, you know, amazing privilege. That is, that, that calls for a lifelong posture of gratitude to God. Therefore, this first day of harvest was a day of gratitude to the Lord. We should be grateful for the abundant provision of the Spirit. You know, you know we need to be full of, um, uh, joy, joyful, with joyful gratitude. So the second thing, the second um, point was it was also a day of joyful expectation. It's not only a, a joyful gratitude, but also expectation. See, and, and it was a day to stop work, a day to wait. They, uh, as they presented the very first portion of the harvest to the Lord, this first fruit were the, the guarantee of more to come. You see, this day was, the, you know, they, they gathered the first fruit on the first day knowing that there is more to come. So it's, it's, it's a kind of celebrating that day is a guarantee that more harvest it will be collected. It's, it's you know, it's a, a, they celebrate first, it's celebrating with joyful expectation for more. The festival of weeks produced a, a great expectation of more grain to be gathered. So as we discussed before, at Pentecost, God instructed them to make a proclamation. You are, you are to have a holy provocation, assembly, um, which means rehearsal. But on this Pentecost day, that rehearsal became, became a reality. So a harvest of people, you know, the harvest has begun. The harvest of people who call on the name of Jesus are saved. God will harvest the people who are grateful for his provision and are torn for by the Lamb. So 50 days Seven weeks after Jesus rose from the dead, the first fruit of the resurrection was uh, 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 another harvest got started. You know, on the day of the first fruit, you remember that on the, when the Holy Spirit came, uh, 3,000 people came to the kingdom of God, was converted. The first harvest was collected that day. Not the harvest of grain, but the harvest of souls. So harvest that, you know, harvest has started. Harvest that continue today, all because of God's generous, generous provision of the Holy Spirit. See, those 3,000 people who called on the name of Jesus and were saved and the, the first fruit of much bigger harvest that is still going today. 
So he's the Lord of the harvest is at work in our communities. What the Lord started, he will bring to completion. He is the Lord of the harvest. He's the one who is gathering uh, the harvest. So the, the very fact that the first harvest was gathered was a guarantee there's more to come. So the first fruit gives us hope of its completion. What we see Jesus started in, in Acts, his generous provision of the Holy Spirit is the work he continues today in our life. Uh, in our life. So this means, that means we can engage with our communities with great expectations, expecting the church to grow. Why? Because the, 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 the harvest has begun. The, 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 the Lord of the harvest is at work. It is bound, uh, the harvest, to be collected. So we have to expect the church to grow, the church to multiply. We have to expect the church to spread. We have to expect people to become followers of Jesus. As we engage with people and share the gospel, we should be with, full of expectation. Why? Because this is not our job. It's not our work. We are not asking to convert people, but actually the, the Lord of the harvest is with us to convict people and reveal Jesus Christ to them. So we are working and, 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 and gathering the harvest with the Lord of the harvest, expecting people to become followers of Jesus, expecting the gospel to impact our society. We have to expect with joyful expectation the Holy Spirit is at work. He is the one who brought us to Christ and he is engaged in bringing people to Christ. So when we are tempted to doubt, when we were hearing about church decline and resistance to Christianity in our society today, try to uh, uh, remember, you know, to weaken our faith. We should remember Pentecost, the first fruit of the 3,000 people. Keep our joyful expectation. The harvest has begun. No one is going to stop it. No one is able to stop the harvest. The Lord of the harvest is at work with his church. So the harvest has begun. Jesus is building his church. He's harvesting saved souls from all nations into his kingdom. So we shouldn't lose our joyful expectation. We should engage with joyful expectation. So Pentecost was a day of gratitude, a day of great expectation, and it's a day of joyful generosity. A day when we renew our engagement with our communities in gospel generosities. You know, the, the generosity of the Lord was meant to produce a community who were generous to others, especially the poor of the land. You know, the, uh, as they were celebrating the, the, the gathering of the harvest, they were, they were uh, told to leave some behind them so that the poor in their community could actually uh, 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 benefit from that. So lifting up to God, the first fruit was to acknowledge that he is the source of it and express their gratitude. So Pentecost, therefore, was a reminder of God's generosity, creating a posture of joyful generosity in them. So the Lord who has been generous to us by his spirit calls us to be generous to others. So when, when we see the, the early church, we see them being generous in two ways. They were generous um, in gospel generosity, they were sharing the gospel. They were uh, sharing. They were not hiding what they have. That they were enjoying. They were sharing uh, the gospel with others, the love of Jesus with others. So they were um, generous in that way. The Lord of the harvest was working with them, adding their uh, number daily. He is empowering us today to do the same. He's inviting us to become generous in our witness for the risen uh, Christ. They were also generous with their resources. 
We read that they, they read in Acts that they sold property and possession to give to anyone who had a need. You know, they were, they were, uh, they, they, they acknowledged that everything they have was provided by, by, uh, by God. And that God was his, pro their, uh, ultimate provider. So as they were celebrating the generosity of God, they were, they had also a heart to, uh, of generosity. They were sharing what they have with others. They were, they were looking out for the need of others and sacrificially engaged in sub, uh, helping uh, others. So they were, you know, um, they were willing to sell their property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. The Holy Spirit called them to share what they have with others. So, so joyful generosity is the mark of those who are grateful for the abundant provision of God. So we are living at a challenging time when more people are finding it difficult to provide for their necessities. Here is a chance for the church as a grateful community to engage with gospel generosity and, and meet the need of the, the people that we see in our communities. So let's uh, be those who celebrate Pentecost with joyful gratitude, thanking God for his provision, of, or for our salvation, for his spiritual um, um, generosity and, and, and gift. And joyful expectation, expecting the harvest, the Lord of the harvest is at work. And hearing the, his call and his empowerment to, to, to march with him to collect um, the, the, the harvest. And with joyful generosity, looking out for people who are in need in our communities, in our, in our cities. And as we do so, that, we glorify Christ and, the, and we engage with the uh, Lord of the harvest. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's bow our head and pray. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We celebrate and, and with, with joyful gratitude for your gifts, for your provision of salvation, for the privilege for the provision of your spirit for empowering us, for sending the, the Lord of the harvest. Father, we are so grateful for all that we, we have provided for us. You are our provider. Father, we are also so encouraged to know that and to have this joyful expectation because it is not up to us. It is up to you. You are at work. The Lord of the harvest is at work. And, and then, Father, that we are encouraged that you are here to work with us, to impact our society. And people will come to know you, Lord. And as we engage with people, we know that you are at work. Father, we are joining you in the work that you are doing. And thank you, Father, that we are for encouraging us. And Father, and, and Father, we, we thank you for your generosity, for your provision, and, and for helping us to be more generous in, in the things that you have given us um, to help the needy in our community. We thank you, Father, for your grace. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.